family-owned shop in Loganville, Sosby's Garage, for all your automotive repair needs. We service all makes and models, Ford and domestic. We repair engines, alternators, brakes, alignments, AC systems, and more, using certified technicians with over 90 years of combined experience. We also offer same-day service for some repairs. Sosby's Garage, 200 Bay Creek Road in Loganville. Dependable, honest, and fair. Look us up on Google or Facebook. We'll take good care of you. Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett studio inside the Sonesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. It's time for Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. We are the cornerstone of security in the Southeast. Hey, welcome everybody to Case in Point again, presented by Paradigm Security Services. I'm your host, Rick Strawn, the president of Paradigm Security Services. We're excited to be with you again today on Business Radio X. We're coming to you from the Subaru of Gwinnett Atlanta studio located in the beautiful Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel in Duluth, Georgia. Each week we plan to feature businesses in the Atlanta area and especially those that serve Gwinnett County, but we reach all over the southeast. While we're all in businesses that have security concerns, not all are about physical security, and we will touch on that in all respect as related aspects of security through the course of each show. Our guest today, I'm happy to have back with me, Mr. Nick Cooley. Uh, he owns the North Florida Security Academy. He also does a little work down in South Georgia and actually does some training up in the Atlanta area uh, with some uh, friends of mine that own other companies and do some other things. But uh, we've had uh, one show with you, and we've talked about training Nick. And give a little bit about your background so that uh, we can refresh some people's memories or give some information to some people that hadn't heard you before. Rick, it's really good to be back with you. Like like you said, I own currently own North Florida Security Academy and 2A Firearms and Security in Tallahassee, Florida. Prior to that, I was a um, agency owner in the state of Florida and in Georgia, having doing all the private security. I founded. Um, a security company in, in Tallahassee. And now basically I branched out, got rid of the security company to focus more on the educational issues that I see our industry having, and making sure that other owners, the community in general, is better educated about security concerns, their own personal security, as well as other you know security companies trying to provide them with the education they need to service their clients better in our communities. Well, you know, security is, uh, I think everybody would agree, is probably, you know, the training in the security is one of the most important aspects. And unfortunately, for many companies, it's one of the lacking aspects. Uh, Georgia here uh, is 24-hour mandatory training uh, for just regular security officers. Firearms is another 16, 8 class, 8 firearms range. Mm-hmm. And really, you know, that's considered the minimum. And a lot of companies just do the minimum and don't do anything further. Uh, what would you say to something like that? I agree completely. Usually most companies stop with whatever the state mandates. And that's the negligent part of what they're doing. They're stopping when, it, when they say, well, you met the state. Well, Florida requires 40 for unarmed. You have 24 we have 28 for armed you guys have 16 and i still say with 40 and 28 that's 
minimal just, just touching the surface you know and talking to other students over the last four or five years doing this i've noticed that they that instructors train to pass their test the instructors train students to pass they train students to qualify they don't train students in firearm training to survive and win they train them to qualify qualification is not training training is not qualification and that's what we're doing is we're qualifying all kinds of people to be security officers but we're really not training them yeah they you're not training them to fully understand really what they're what they're studying it's just a matter of understand what you need to do to get the answers and i think that's where a lot of companies fall short is they get through with that 24 hours they consider them trained they put them out on a site and they go and i know your belief is much like mine there's so much more to training and so much more that needs to be done in training that if you stop with your mandatory mandatory minimums, then you've only touched the surface and you don't have a trained security officer out there. You've just got somebody that when you get sued, you can throw something up there and say, well, we, we followed the mandates. Right. And a lot of security companies um, out there are doing just that. Well, he has the state requirements. He passed the test. The state gave him a license. He's good to go. Well, we showed him around the site. He's good to go. Well, did they really train him? Do they really know where the post orders are? Do they really know what their job is and how far they can take things and how far they can't? They don't know that. I mean, I'm just interviewing hundreds, maybe even a thousand plus security officers in the years that I've you know, owned, owned my agency. I found that most of them had no clue what their job really was going to entail. They thought it was sitting at a front desk greeting people, yeah. not out physically engaging with people and taking care of and protecting people and property we know you bring a good point up and that's what i want to talk about with security training and that is the engagement mm -hmm. uh, and i don't mean the physical engagement let's reduce it down to just the initial engagement when you're talking about uh, the proverbial soft skills mm -hmm. i know in our training and getting people in one of the most difficult things that we find is finding somebody with the soft skills and that meaning being able to show respect, being able to have integrity, being able to be at work on time, being able to look sharp, being, you know, just being able to do what you say you're going to do. And a big problem with people that don't have soft skills just within the industry is uh, just a complete insubordination. They don't understand what it is to be respectful to someone that you work for. And they don't see anything wrong with it. Have you noticed the same thing in Florida? It's it's everywhere. I mean, I talked to hundreds of other firearm instructors um, a few weeks back at a big convention. Um, it's everywhere, and a lot of them were agency owners and school owners and just a variety. Of, and it's it's everywhere, and it goes all the way up into their late twenties now. I mean, mm -hmm. cause we're getting a little older. It's like agencies need to provide a better, more motivating environment because we can't motivate people. People come motivated or they don't come motivated. And, you know, people that didn't do well in our my classes are people that just didn't have any real driven motivation, and that's just a society they thing. They wanted a job. They, they want a job career. that they can do a little better than what they, that they, what they were making at, you know, Burger King or some other place. They just want something that they think security might pay them more, and it might be more fun, but then once they get into it, they're like, well, this is boring. This is boring, or you mean I have to walk? And then, because people aren't training them of what security is really about. 
and you know they're just taking any job they can get and then you know i've had somebody go well yeah i know i can walk three three miles three hours a night i know that until they do it the first night and then they go you know i have a heart condition i can't do this find a new site for me we've had the same thing and i'm like we don't have one for you (laughs) this is the one you accepted and it happens all the time well i think that and you know in carrying the the soft skills it has a lot to do with customer and client relations and you know understanding that and a lot of a lot of security companies actually don't understand it but they don't teach this to their people that that customer and client interaction and the relationship with that client it begins not with just the training and it begins not when you sign the contract it begins the first day that the salesperson walks through that door. And then what happens is you have to develop that relationship, and every business is about relationships. Mm-hmm. But then what you have to do is once that officer is placed on that site, there has to be a continuation of that development of that relationship because if you don't and they're rude to the client or they're, they act like they just don't care, that's not what the client wants. And we talked about uh, that client, let's say the security officer looks sloppy, just as an example. When, that, when the client looks at that security officer, they don't see a sloppy security officer. They see a sloppy security company. Mm-hmm. When the client or customer of that client sees that sloppy person, that sloppy officer, they don't see a sloppy officer. They don't see a sloppy company. They see a, cl- a, cl- a sloppy person that they're doing business with with that client. Mm-hmm. So that officer can make your client look good or bad. It can make the company look good or bad. And they really very seldom even remember the officer itself. They remember the logo. They remember where they're at. No, exactly right. And it goes even a little bit step farther. I say it goes to your off-duty. We had in our policy and procedure manual, and if you get off-duty and you want to go shopping, you know, off-duty, you take off your uniform or you keep it tucked in and looking sharp at all times. I've seen so many security companies and security officers getting off of work, and they unbutton their shirt, have a tail pull out the tails, and walk it around in our brand. Absolutely. I mean, our logo on their shirt, and then what happens if one of the guys that are gals in business that sees us just shopping at Publix or, you know, Walmart or wherever... They see that and they go, oh, I don't. Well, I was well, thinking I sure about. I was thinking about me. hiring them, but man, that doesn't look good. Yeah, I don't want something looking like that on my side. And even and though it's their them. own time, but people today don't respect the companies that they work for. You know, you get those few that do, and it's hard to enforce that. And you never know what kind of reputation a company is getting because of that. Well, and a lot of that comes down to the culture of the company itself. Mm-hmm. And when the client sees that, and all. I don't blame them. I would be in the same position. I wouldn't want to hire them either. So I think it all boils down to what's the culture of the company that they've gone to work for? Mm-hmm. Is it one of respect? Is it one of uh, integrity? Is it one of, you know, the mutual respect among the company people, among the personnel? The paradigm is a family that is a security company mm-hmm. or a security company that's a family. We look at it as we're all one big family, and we treat people each other with respect. And if you don't do that, then those people aren't going to understand how to transmit that over to the client. 
And it's very important for those people to act like that on their clients. Oh, absolutely. We see it every single day where customer service, customer service as a general rule in America today is horrible. It's when you get good customer service, it only means that you were, your, your customer service was, that business was just a little bit better than the worst experience that you had. And that doesn't mean that it's good customer service. And I think it would behoove a lot of companies to really figure out um, how to create raving fans. You know, create a raving fan, somebody that you have such an amazing customer experience with because from the top all the way down to the bottom that they were on point, on track every single day. And then all they can do is go rave about it and say, oh my gosh, you won't believe this new security company I have. Instead of saying, yeah, they were better than the last one. I mean, which, you know, and that is a culture that just creating that fan that just keeps talking about you. No, absolutely. You know, it's it's like uh, there's a commercial that somebody does, and I, I, I can't remember the name of it, but I think it's one of the uh, unions, as a matter of fact, where it says basically the, the profession, uh, professional is not cheap and cheap is not professional, mm-hmm. something to that effect. And, and it's very true in security. Uh, you can hire cheap security, but that's what you're going to get is cheap security, most likely, mm-hmm. and then you're not happy with it. And and if you hire someone that is truly a professional and knows what they're doing, you'll pay a little bit more, but you'll also be happy with your services 99 times out of 100. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wish everybody, I wish we could tell everybody we'd be perfect, and I'm sure you do too. But perfection is not the thing. It's a matter of getting the highest quality that you can possibly get and then making it better through the training. And and taking, you know, I told companies that when they signed on with us and I said, look, we're not perfect. We can't control everybody's behavior. Out, you know, when somebody's not watching, we try to pick the best people. Uh, we try to train them according, you know, to your property and they're doing everything right. But at the end of the day, they're people. But it will be how quickly we react as ownership exactly. of that company, how quickly we react when something does go wrong. How quickly do you address that issue? Address that issue. And, you know, going back to training and companies and philosophies, you know, a CEO once said, um, if I remember the quote, what happens if I train them and they take that knowledge somewhere else? And another one turned to said, what happens if you don't train them and they stay? They stay here. You know, and a lot of security companies really need to think about training their own people and making sure that at every level that they're trained because if you don't train your directors you don't train your trainers you don't train them and provide them with more knowledge they're never going to get better or stay up to date with what they need to be able to do is pass that training on to other people one of the things that i see with a lot of companies that i'm familiar with is they reach a certain level they reach a certain training they never try they figure well what we've got is good enough for what we need to do Mm -hmm. The trainer is state certified. There again, you've got that word state certified. Mm -hmm. And so he's passed what he has to pass to be a trainer. So therefore, he's qualified to train. Well, not necessarily. It may mean that he has passed and he can train legally, but it doesn't mean that he's qualified to train or that he provides quality training. So a lot of companies aren't willing to send their trainers off for more training. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that is very important. You know, be willing to take that expense to send your person off to get better trained, well, train the trainer, mm-hmm. and make sure your people get the benefits of that training. Take a look and 
basically monitor and make sure that they're giving them proper training. I mean, and that's what I did two or three weeks ago when I went to West Palm Beach for a week. It was all seminars on, on law enforcement firearm instructors just so that we had one place where we could go get additional hands-on experience, additional training, trips and guides and how to do things better so we could take it back to our staff and I say, Let, here's some new stuff that we got. Let's go do these drills. It's going to be better for our officers, going to be better for our security people. You know, I have to go get, continue to get training, and, and I have quite a bit of it over the years. And I still feel like knowledge is power, and we have to give our people power by giving them knowledge. Well, one of the things I give you kudos on is you know, I'm familiar with your quality of training and all, and I've got my trainer that's working with you, learning even more and newer ways to train, newer approaches and newer information that can, you can pass along. So it's a matter of everybody needs that extra training. Um, and speaking of training, one of the most important parts of training, as we both know, is report writing. You know, uh, we could probably go on for an hour and a half just talking about the quality of reports and the ability and how to write them. Mm -hmm. Give me some of your thoughts on what the process is. Why should they, you've got some great ideas about why should you make a quality report what is considered a quality report tell us about that I, I i tell my my candidates in class i said guys here's why reports are important have you ever gone to um an oil loo place and, and up on the wall it said 15 or 20 point inspection and they had a list of things that you wanted and it cost 59.95 and you get all done and the and the mechanic comes out and hands you a bill it says 64 dollars and 10 cents with change or with tax and everything's good or they just write all good on a piece of paper do you really feel like you got that service that you that they advertise on the wall well no and they go so you mean that wouldn't be acceptable and they tell me no that's not acceptable to have a service publicized and then not receive a full receipt and detailed report of what they did to my car so i said well our reports are nothing more and a receipt of services that you have to give to that client every night when you go to work. You're, you give them the same respect that you would want from another business. And these are people paying companies from anywhere from a couple hundred dollars a month to 30, 40, $50,000 a month, depending on the contracts. They deserve a quality receipt of services rendered at the end of their shift every single time even if it's a short receipt it's better than not having any receipt of service so that they're getting what you're paying for well the services when you write up a contract with a security company mm -hmm. what, what the client does is they give you their expectations of what they want what their issues are this is what we want to address this is what we want you to do and you say, we will do that for you, and here's the person we're going to have to put out there to do that. Mm -hmm. And then what they're expecting, based on what you're saying, is when that officer does that report, he's basically showing where he did what you were promised and what you were sold, and that's what they expect to do. And it's, I think you're right. It's important that that officer understand, not just know what he's supposed to do, who, what, why, when, where, how, all that. Mm-hmm but know the why you're supposed to do it and why it's expected. Absolutely. You know, um, you know the, the amazing technologies that are out there today to make it simple, 
hands-free, almost talk into an app, or nobody's really doing handwritten reports. If a client's still getting handwritten reports, they need got to, the wrong they, company. they got the wrong security company because nobody's doing handwritten reports anymore. That's worth anything. <laughs> you know, you guys use an amazing set of apps that do it. Other security companies I consult use other similar types of apps that are very close in nature, but it's at least it, it's functional and it's really good. It sends out good information and it's live. So it's accountability as well. Some of those new tools are accountability things and being transparent to clients saying, we're here, we're on property, and here's what our officer's doing live. Well, one of the most important things is verification and like you say, accountability. Mm -hmm. That's why we've taken it and invested in a couple of different systems one for the phones and the apps and the reports and all that, and one for the cars mm -hmm. through GPS and, and accountability so that if I've got an officer that says, I went to so-and-so place, I arrived at such and such a time, and I was there for this amount of time, and I left at this time, I don't have to take his word for it. I can go in, look at the tools that we've given him, and I can tell you whether he, in fact, arrived at that location in that car at that time or whether he was off somewhere else. If it took him an hour and a half between the time he left the time he got there, if he left an hour early, 10 minutes early, I can tell what time that car left that site. Exactly. And the same way with the, uh, with the apps on the phones that we use, the system, is you can tell by the film what they have to do with the phone on the app, mm -hmm. whether they're on that site, whether they're doing their job. And that's important. Now, clients feel that it's important. You... I've had a lot of times a client, they may have been, the officer may have been off busy doing something. They couldn't find him. They said, I don't think he was on the site. I said, well, let me check on it and I'll, tell, I'll get right back to you. I pull it up and yeah, that officer's there. He's on the site. I can show a track where he's moving. Uh, I can look at it and, and see it. And so I know for a fact that he was there. The being able to verify to that client that he was there not only gives them the peace of mind that at least I know he was there. I might not have seen him but I know that person was there. And that's important to a client. Absolutely, more transparency. There's been so many security companies that have tried to cover up or not do the job and just do the billing and not send people, but yet send in um, just half halfway reports. Now it's the customers have gotten wind of that and they're trying to do that. And if we come in as professional security companies and say, hey, we're gonna do it differently and we're gonna be openly transparent if our officer's not there you're not going to get you're billed not going to get billed and you know what we'll take our corrective action and we do this for our protection and yours but we want you to be share in our relationship together and it's part of training clients too of what what we can and can't do well you know that's a good point a lot of times it comes down to sometimes the clients need to be trained if you will and be aware of what it is that's going on with that company, what it is to be able to verify, what they'll do, what they'll provide. What are, what are they willing to do to step up their game and make sure that if that person's not there, someone gets out there, mm -hmm. that they know that person's not there, are they doing anything? If somebody doesn't show up and somehow they can't get somebody out there to replace them, which is going to happen in any business, Mm -hmm. I don't care if it's a maid service. You'll have maids that don't show up. And you don't have somebody can get there. Mm -hmm. But bottom line is, what do you do about it? Do you go ahead and say nothing and bill the client because they're not going to know? If you do, you sure don't need to be in business. 
but what you do is you you let them know say just be up front with you our officer failed to show up we're dealing with that officer we've gotten rid of them whatever something happened they were in a wreck whatever and we were unable to get anybody out there at that moment because everybody was just tied up and and we couldn't get there in time but be willing be honest be open Mm -hmm. that transparency is important to a client you know the meaning of integrity to me is doing the right thing when no one's looking exactly and And that's exactly what the same thing on both sides the officer side and the company side it's very important one of the things you mentioned that i think is very true in talking about the mindset of these young people is that people kind of nowadays they fail to have their own personal opinions that you know everything that they think do or say is based on what other people think and i think a lot of that has to do with how social media has affected the communication of our people of our young people people coming up and anymore it's people even in their 40s people don't write complete sentences they they speak in text in text and a letter here and you know, U is now spelled with a U. It's not spelled Y-O-U. And that is D-A-T or something. Yeah, yeah, that is D-A-T. But, um, you know, it's just a matter of, of of helping the clients understand what the issues are that, that the companies deal with. Now, I'll tell you this. Most company, most clients don't want to hear, know what your issues are. They just want you to do the job. They don't care what your problem is as long as they had, are their problem is taken care of. And I really didn't share a lot of my personnel issues and selection with with whatever with a client because they just don't want excuses exactly they want a reason and an explanation and a solution if you did have a failure but they don't really care reason why then you just you start getting into this defensive mode and i don't believe that we as security as business in general we shouldn't be in a defensive mode we should just admit look we failed our officer didn't show up. Our supervisors were unable to make it there to get that shift covered or partly covered. Don't worry, you're not going to get billed for this night. However, here's what we're doing to take that corrective action to make sure that this doesn't happen again. Exactly. And then follow through with that. Obviously, you have to have that follow through. And companies like yours, you guys have that follow through. You, you make sure that whatever promises are you're met or you're met to the best of your ability or you put new checkpoints in between to making sure that that doesn't fail on that client ever again, whether they're the smallest client you have or the biggest client you have. You've got to well, treat them all the same. I've told many a person that, you know, if you fail to learn something any given day, you haven't been paying attention. And that's very true in the security officer business. If you're not paying attention and you're not paying attention to why things happen, then you're not going to be able to try to make sure that they don't happen again. And it's important that you pay attention. Mm-hmm. And, and the main thing is clients want to be able to reach out to somebody and get a result, get an action, get a something, a correction done on what it is, and they want a response. Mm-hmm. Some of your major companies, and no, you know, I'm great. I'd love to be the size that some of them are. But at the same time, you're never going to reach the owner. And you're lucky if you reach somebody within 24 hours that's actually going to be able to resolve an issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, with companies such as us, with you know, over 100, we've got over 100 employees, but we're still a hands-on company. Mm-hmm. You call us, you're going to get somebody that's going to react to that immediately and take care of the situation. It's not going to be a 24-hour, 48-hour wait mm-hmm. until something happens or you hear, unless there's got to be an investigation. But at least you'll get a response 
people will know what the investigation, they know that you're looking into it and that you're going to do something. That's important to a client. Oh, absolutely it is. I mean, we see that every day. I mean, when I had mine, you know, every client had my personal cell phone number. It took them a while to break that after I, you know, sold or sold my agency. It took them a while to get, break that from calling me at 2 o'clock in the morning. Um, but they knew that we would always take care of our business very quickly. One of the things that when you're talking about educating clients, mm-hmm. uh, I, have a, I had a call, give just an example. I had a call yesterday from someone, and they're talking about they're very dissatisfied with the company that they've currently got. It's a major company, and they're just looking at they feel like they've gotten billed when they weren't there. They know for a fact they weren't there, but they can't prove it. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of like, okay, so you've got people not showing up, and they're you know, talking to them, well, what kind of shifts are you looking at you know, us working if we come in there? Well, right now we work X time to X time, but it was a six-hour shift. And I think part of the education of the client comes in my conversation with them. I said, well, to tell you the truth, part of your problem is going to be the fact that you work a six-hour shift. Mm -hmm. Uh, You have to understand that six hours, that's that person's day, which means he's got to work six days a week, the six days they want worked just to make 36 hours, which is (coughs) not even a 40-hour week. So what you've done is you've got a six-hour day here. He can't make a 40-hour week even if you work six days a week. So getting a client staffed with someone that's consistent, that's reliable, a lot of times depends on what do you want to do on your shift. If you want to cut down your shift, then the chances are those are the problems that you're having right now that you're going to continue to have no matter who does it. You know, I'm not trying to ward off business, but bottom line is if if you're not willing to address the whys that cause some of those issues or at least understand what causes it then you're going to repeat the issues yeah i mean it's albert einstein said it best you know the definition of of crazy is doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting a different result and i've told the same clients same same conversation i said look whatever you have isn't working it doesn't matter if our company or your company what your what plan you have is not working it's not going to work by us just replacing it with different people it's a bad plan and let's change the plan you know people have to you know and i wish more and more and more people and we've talked about this privately getting from that eight dollar and fifty cent officer all the way up to what you and i have of, of national board certifications you know if most of the people don't and a lot of our clients don't know what we have gone through to get those and what those really mean to them and to our trainers and to our operation people down to our officers we want to see more and more people get involved in that training them from here to here because when we do that our clients are going to believe everybody that we talk to you know we want to get them to be so-called the experts like you and I are in our field and so that our field will grow and prosper and it's getting them from here to here. We got into it, some of us by luck <laughs> and some of us by a plan and we wanna make sure more and more people get that expert advice and so they can move up. Oh, absolutely. Well, we could talk for hours Days. and hours, but our, our, our time is up. and. You know, one of the things, we're going to have another show come on here before too awfully long. 
And just to let people know, so when it does come up, we're going to be talking about uh, liability, liability of entrustment. What happens when you trust? Negligent entrustment. Yep. What happens when you trust people, such as security, and uh, the liabilities, how you mitigate those liabilities and all that. So that's one of the things that uh, is going to be coming up before too awfully long and we'll do. But I want to appreciate you, want tell you I appreciate and how much I appreciate you being Thank here Thank you again. for having me. Uh, it's great conversation with you. The training is has got to improve all the way across our industry. Uh, people like you, and I hope people like me, and, and and are going to in this industry create that to where people get much better training. And uh, and I'd like to, I'd love to see the state increase their mandates and and make it a lot more training and mandatory. So Nick, give us a website, phone numbers, and anything if anybody wants to get a hold of you and talk to you about training and. Easiest way it is, just call my office, 850-692-2231. My email address is north.florida.academy at gmail.com. Okay, real slow on that phone number again. 850-692-2231. Well, Nick, I appreciate it a bunch. It's uh, it's always great sitting down and talking to you. And, and you know, like minds on this security issue is just, it's awesome. Thanks for having me again, Rick. Well, thank you for joining us on Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. Remember, you can join us live every Wednesday at 1130 in the morning, or you can listen to our show anytime you want by going to businessradiox.com, clicking on the Gwinnett Studio, and of course, then click on Case in Point. Join us next week at 1130 when we will talk with business leaders about their businesses and related security issues in today's world. And again, I am Rick Strawn, and remember... At Paradigm Security Services, we cover more than just your assets.